The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Hope everything's going well for you. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. A lot of things we want to cover during this hour, including frost inside a home. Eh, that's not normal. We're going to have to dig into that a little bit. Also, rafters. You see the rafters up in your attic. What happens if you see one that splits? Do you have to replace it? It's kind of a unique problem, but one that was just discovered in a home just recently. Also, painting aluminum siding. It can be done very successfully, but like any paint job, you have to do the right prep and use the right paint. We'll tell you all about that. Also, we got some great emails. We appreciate that. We've got an In the Aisle segment with our friend Danny Watson and also my buddy Joe. I know you got a simple solution for us, right? I do indeed, Danny. And this is how to make hand tools more comfortable to use by a product you'll find in the pharmacy. Wow, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Hey, want to tell you, we're hoping you're having a very nice Memorial Day weekend. Remember what the the holiday is all about. Be That's safe, right. be careful. They're saying that more people are out running around right now than, uh, than we've seen in years and years. Along with that comes a little bit of danger. So be careful in the car, be careful with if you're flying, and just kind of take it easy and realize everybody's trying to do the same thing. Um, also, Joe, I didn't know if you uh, realize this kind of almost um, stuns me to think this, but this show right now that that we're doing is number 750 today's homeowner radio shows. Wow. Does that make you tired? 750. Well, I'm tired for a lot of reasons, but I'm not sure if that's one of them. Well, that's why you're better off not counting them. Just keep going and (laughs) (laughs) don't look back. Well, we we do not do that here in today's homework. We're always looking ahead, and uh, we're going to look ahead very shortly and answer a whole bunch of questions. But, yeah, 750. Well, you should be very proud of that, Danny. You started this from scratch. I often say Danny is the hardest working man in home improvement. So uh, here's (laughs) here's another another proof of that. Well, I appreciate that. It's all a, a group uh, so it's, it takes a village on on that. A lot of different people working on that, and uh, we're very fortunate and and also very happy that we're continuing to add stations. To tell you the truth, Joe, sure. I have yep. another brand new radio station that we're going to announce in wow. just a little bit that has joined us. We're right at 360 stations now. Very okay. very proud of all of that. A lot of coverage. But hey, we want to hear from you. That's what we do. We want to help you with any of the challenges that you're having. So you can send us an email anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or you can pick up the phone and call us, 800-946-4420. Had some great calls on the hotline this week. Let's grab a few of them, see if we can help these homeowners out. Yeah, hey guys, love the show. You guys uh, mentioned a product to clean green-treated wood on a deck. I guess I'm an overachiever because I waited about five years where I got to clean it and uh, stain it or seal it or something. And I was wondering what that was. You said it gets the dirt and grime out of all the nooks and crannies. Okay, well, our pleasure. The first there thing is go. don't wait another five years. How about we that? Can- 
we can probably safely say that's ready for a little bit of cedar to be <laughs> yeah. you know, applied yeah. to that. But but to clean it up real well, um, what what we were talking about on that is something that I used a while back on a segment I did with CBS, and that is a deck brightener. Now, exactly, the way, yeah. yeah, the way I understand that is when you apply a deck brightener, which is fairly inexpensive and you just follow the directions, usually you do it in little sections at a time. When you're applying this to uh, raw wood, it just helps to pull the debris and all of, you know, anything that you have on the wood, dirt, grime, all of that, just kind of pulls it to the surface and allow you just to wash it off with a water hose. So it's very easy to use. And uh, that's why sometimes I um, tell people, you know, unless it's a really bad situation, pressure washers might not be the best thing for deck cleaning because sometimes it'll force water down into the pores. It might be pushing a lot of that debris down into the pores of the wood, and it eventually will find its way right back out. So um, the answer to the question is deck brightener. Give it a try. I think you'll be pretty satisfied with it. Let's grab another call right now from the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Yes, my name is David, and I have a question about removing popcorn ceiling from uh, our bathroom. People tell me it's just as simple as spraying water on it and scraping it off, but I just don't know if it could really be quite that simple. And uh, so I was curious on um, any guidance you might provide. Thank you. All right, certainly will, and I have... I have uh, scraped um, acres and acres of, um, <laughs> of, of popcorn ceilings. And, you're, and the yes, Orville, you're the Orville Redenbach of popcorn that's removal. Right. That's right. That's a good way to put it. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, some of them, uh, most of them do come off very, very easily. Um, wetting it with very, very hot water makes it work a lot better. Make sure you do some adequate cover-up. It does take a good bit of cover-up. But to make it easy, go to todayshomeowner.com and put Put in the search engine there, removing popcorn ceilings. We have a couple little tricks there, a couple tools that uh, we could recommend that you buy to use, and also a formula that's used that's very simple to mix up to a, in a pump-up sprayer, and then you can spray it. It helps um, it to release from the ceiling itself, and and uh, you'll want to use a scraper to scrape it. Try not to gouge it as much as you can. It's inevitable that you're going to have a little bit of drywall repair, but try to minimize that. And, of course, once you finish, you'll need to allow it to dry very well. You can accelerate that a bit by using a fan and then a little joint compound, and you're ready to move forward with priming and painting it. But, Joe, I'll tell you what, if you have a popcorn ceiling that yeah. has been painted right. since it's been installed, yep. then it's time to break out that little bitty case of dynamite. And uh, <laughs> you, you hang on on the ceiling. No, I mean, it, it is tough, tough if it's been painted before. Yeah, most popcorn ceilings are not painted because they're a pain in the neck to paint, and there's no real reason to because you typically are just painting them white anyway. But what Danny's referring to, of course, is once it's painted, the spray that you're putting up there doesn't get a chance to soak in. It will eventually, but not as quickly. So the question about, you know, someone told them it's, it's a really quick and easy job, it's a lot easier if it's not painted. Um, but either way, yeah, go to the website and get the in the one tool Danny was referring to. It's from, from a company I believe it's called Homax, H O M A X, and it's basically a scraper that has a place where you can hang a plastic bag so all that wet mess isn't falling down on your head. It does make it a lot easier to use. We've used it a number of times. Well worth it. But just just drop by the website and you'll see uh, an article. You'll see videos, everything that you need to know exactly what to do. Let's grab one more call from the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Hi, my name is Dee. I have a problem I hope you can help me solve. I've got corrugated ceiling over a deck outside by my pool. 
I'm in Florida, so we have a lot of humidity. Uh, I have a problem with mold forming on this corrugated ceiling. Okay, now, so it now she's saying been, ceiling, but it's a yeah, roof. Yeah, so right? so um, it might be that it's a roof, but the but it's ex- exposed underneath. So it's so, underneath you know, tra- the metal yeah, roof, so okay. trapping some moisture under yeah. there. Well, it's all about the moisture, and you might be yeah. ha- uh, probably getting a little condensating, little or condensation or sweat or something like that that is is causing that. Um, uh, what would you recommend on that, Joe? I mean, we you know yeah. um, have recommended um, the spray wet and forget or spray yeah. and forget. Either one would. Exactly. very well to just to occasionally, you know, a lot of times you only have to do it about once a year, but um, that probably, you know, pressure wash it, get it clean first. You go ahead and get it clean and looking right. good, whatever you have to do. You might even have to do a little scrub brush work on it with an extension handle and then let it dry and then spray the wet and forget on it. That's probably going to be your best bet to keep that mold and mildew from coming back. Yeah, there are there are moss and algae killers, mold killers. They're specifically designed for metal roofs. So I would certainly look for that. Wet and forget makes one. There's a bear. There's one called Bear Advanced. Bear like the aspirin. B a y e r. Bear Advanced uh, moss and algae killer. I think it's called. And I've never used it on the underside of a roof, but on the way they the way it's used on top of a roof. And I assume it'd be the same way as you apply it. You know, you brush it on, you spray it on, typically. Um, then you scrub it with a scrub brush and then you power wash it or use a scrubber. Um, so she, she would have to do that. Um, but again, you know, this is on the underside, so obviously it's not going to get any sun. So she'd have to increase the ventilation somehow. Um, I don't know if there's a way to put a vent in that, but yeah, this might be something she'll just have to wait, you know, do it again when the mold's just starting. Don't wait till you have a whole bunch of mold. Cause then if you only have a little on there, treat it, scrub it off and you'll probably be fine. All right, great information, Joe Truini. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by PaveStone, creating beautiful landscapes. What a thrill it is to talk about a brand new station that's joined the Today's Homeowner Radio Network. This one's in Winfield, Kansas, and it is KWLS 107.9 FM. Special hello to everybody there in that area of Kansas. And let me tell you what we do here. We help you have the best looking house on the block and solve any of those challenges that you may have as a homeowner. And here's how it works. You can go online right now, todayshomeowner.com slash ask, send us an email or any question that you may have. And then you can also pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the Today's Homeowner Hotline, 800 946 4420. We've got a lot of great calls. Matter of fact, we've got a caller right now on the line from Iowa. Robert, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on at your house. What's going on is we built a new home on an acreage moving in mid October. In mid December, we had the coldest night of the year, about minus 13 Fahrenheit. And a guest using the master shower noticed frost in the corner between the wall and the ceiling. And then uh, after we looked further, we noticed that there was frost in every room on the west and north side of that wing of the house. And uh, I don't know if the guest was using the bath fan or not, uh, but I I would be surprised if moisture could get into every room of that wing. But I guess that's possible. 
just give you a little description here. The condition, you know, it was the coldest night of the year. The house has a very steeply pitched roof, except for over that wing of the house, shallow. The soffit has continuous venting, so I know that that's well vented. And so I guess my question is, could this be a one-off uh, because the bath fan wasn't used, or do you think there's a more structural insulation issue? Well, uh, several things could be happening here, and you said it was a, um, a, a newer home, right? Yeah, brand new, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, um, boy, I would sure look up in that attic to make sure that insulation is how it should be and spread out as much as it needs to be and and nice and even. Certainly any humidity that is contributed to that area of the house by not using an exhaust fan, without a doubt, that can provide all of the elements needed for frost to occur in there. Joe, what other thoughts might should we share with Robert here? Yeah, Bob, th- those are the two reasons that you get frost inside a house. And people have experienced this probably think, how's that even possible? Frost inside the house on the walls and ceiling. And, and it always, is almost always, by the way, it almost always appears right at that ju- that corner joint between the wall, top of the wall and the ceiling. Or sometimes you'll see it along a baseboard, depending on how the house is constructed. And it's almost always because of two reasons. What they call the the enclosure or envelope of the building has failed somehow and the relative humidity inside the house is too high. In the in the winter time, you know, it's better to keep it lower, 30 to 50%, to prevent that moisture buildup in the house. I don't think the fan in the bathroom, by the way, in and of itself would have created this problem because otherwise it would only be in a bathroom, wouldn't be in a room, you know, at the other end of the hallway. And and the reason, and, and as far as the building envelope or enclosure, as it's sometimes called failing, it's almost always an insulation problem. And if, as Danny said, if you go up in the attic and look around, you'll say, oh, there's plenty of insulation up there. It's a brand new house. But is that insulation contacting the under the top side of your ceiling of the drywall? And if it is not, that's an issue. You mentioned something that might be key. You've got brand new soffit vents that run the length of the house, which is great. And I assume you also have ridge vents. But when cold air comes up through the soffit vents and the attic insulation is not protecting the top of the drywall, you could end up with condensation. And if it's really cold enough, then the condensation will turn to frost, not only on the interior walls, but also on the ceiling itself. So you're going to have to go up into the attic and check first to make sure there's enough insulation. You should have at least about 14 inches or so. Um, but you also want to confirm that the insulation is down tight against the top of the drywall. It's not being held up by any number of things, a duct, some wiring, pipe, um, you know, framing. could be any number of things. And and that would that would also answer the question why it's happening along one run of the house is whatever's there is probably running along the end of the house. You know, could be a framing member, especially if this has trusses as opposed to stick-built roof frames. Sometimes they run the insulation, they can't get it under the underneath the, the the part of the truss so they go over it and and so that's probably the, I would think that's the issue okay I, I know it is truss construction and fortunately we have a nine month uh, builder walkthrough coming up so hopefully he can uh, poke oh, in the ceiling and take a look yeah explain the issue it's not it can't be caused by many other things so right um, and, and am, am I am I correct that it would be unusual that bath moisture would would work its way into, you know, every room along that, that side of the house. It would be highly unlikely unless it's vented right into all those rooms instead of through the to the outdoors. I assume it's you have a vent in the ceiling that goes up to a stack right. that goes through the roof or someplace to the outdoors, right? Yeah, through the wall, yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be high. I mean, they could check and make sure that it didn't come disconnected or something, but still, that usually only affects an isolated area. Okay, well, that that has certainly put this in perspective for me. All right, well, best of luck on it. We appreciate you being a part of the show, and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. What a privilege to talk to both of you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Well, that's, a, that's an unusual one, Frost Inside. That yeah. is not supposed to happen. Hey, let's get to some emails here. You can send us one at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Patrick in Madison, Wisconsin writes, uh, We have a large foyer that has a rather unattractive pendant light hanging from the ceiling. I would like to replace it with a chandelier. I was told that I can't simply attach the new chandelier to the existing electrical box in the ceiling. Is that true? And if it is, how do I hang the chandelier? I certainly don't want this thing coming crashing down on me. Thanks a lot. So, well, um, very valid concern because some chandeliers are incredibly heavy. And if you have, uh, you know, a a ceiling box, electrical box, that's just nailed to the side of a stud or maybe hanging on wire or whatever, that is not going to be sufficient. So you'll need additional blocking on that particular electrical box, and you would be able to put that in. Hopefully you have access above it there. Most likely you have attic space above it. You can put a 2x6 or a 2x8 up there and make sure that that box is screwed or better bolted to that board so where there's no way that that chandelier uh, will fall or or shift or anything along those lines. So it's just a matter of making sure that that continuous support from the wood framing uh, all the way down through all of the screws that you use and so forth to mount the, the chandelier. But that can work very, very well. Let's grab another one from Esther in Texas. Hi, guys. I have a small house and many family pictures that I want to display in the hallway. But I want to hang them from wire, just like you see in an art gallery. How would I do this, and what kind of hooks do I use? My living room is full of pictures. Please help me. Well, you know, the thing about hanging it on wires, if I understand, uh, she's talking about putting a wire, let's say a six- or seven-foot wire on a wall, and then you're able to hang the various pictures on it. The advantage of, um, of a situation like this is that you're actually able to find those studs to attach those two in. When sometimes when you're hanging a picture to yeah. put it where you really want it, you know, chances are you won't be able to find a stud exactly where you want that picture positioned. But in a case like this, uh, they'll be able to find and then uh, could, could install some really nice hooks that allow you to tie that wire wire off real attractively and those screws can go uh, like eye hooks can go right, right yep. into the studs themselves you can use a stud sensor or stud finder to locate where those studs are but doing it that way joe i think you really have a strong wire support to put yep. as many pictures as you want up there yeah and the other the only other thing you could do is they actually still make picture molding it's just simply called picture molding which is it's about like three quarter inch thick and about inch and three quarter, two inches wide, and you fasten it horizontally up near the ceiling, like maybe six or eight inches down from the ceiling. And the top of this molding has a rounded bead on it. And then you make these hooks that just sit on the bead. And so you can just hang anything you want. It's not really fastened to the wall other than this molding, but the pictures themselves are not fastened. And then you, and the great thing about that is you run it along the entire length of the wall. So you hang pictures anywhere and you can hang them at different heights. So you can have like a couple of larger ones lower and some smaller ones above it. And then typically the wire is covered with some, like a fabric or a tape of some sort. You can't, so it's not hidden, but it's part of the 
part of the design. So that's the other option is use picture molding. Uh, coming up, we're going to have some great tips on installing backsplashes and also painting aluminum siding. Is it feasible? We say it is, and we'll tell you how right here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. So glad to be with you and uh, have a few emails here we want to get to. Um, appreciate all the emails coming in. Today's homeowner.com slash ask is where you can go to send us one right now. This one came in from Greg in Nebraska. I have a space behind my stove that gets a lot of splatters, and I'd really like to add a little backsplash to protect the wall and dress up my kitchen a bit. The problem is that I'm not very handy, and I've never done tile work before. Now, I've asked professional tile setters, but apparently the job's too small to interest any of them. Is this something I can try myself? And if so, how do I get started? Well, Gretchen, actually, a small backsplash like you're describing is a perfect way to kind of get your feet wet with tile work. It's a simple layout with very few cuts, so you can complete it fairly quickly. In fact, you can finish it in less than a day if you use simple mat instead of thin set to adhere the tiles to the wall. You know, Simple Mat's essentially a clear sheet with super strong adhesive on both sides. You just cut it to size with household scissors, remove the backing, and stick it right to the wall. Then you remove the backing from the other side and you stick the tiles to it. It's much easier and less messy than using a trial to spread thin set on the wall. Plus, there's no waiting for the thin set to dry. As soon as the tiles are stuck in place, you can begin grouting, which is the last step in the process. Now, if your pattern requires any cuts, you can rent a little tile cutter or a wet saw to make those. And the only other special tool you'll need is a grout float, which is very inexpensive. You can get one for less than $10 at the home center. Now, if you want to learn more about Simple Mad, uh, you can go to the manufacturer's website, custombuildingproducts.com. Custombuildingproducts.com. Used Simple Mat many, many times and um, works extremely well. You'll be surprised that they still use thin set in a situation like that. Hey, here, you know, Joe, here's another thing. We had recently uh, someone that had a home inspection done. Right. And of course, you know, home inspections are something I've been involved in for many, many years. And, you know, sometimes uh, an inspector will say something that a homeowner's just not quite sure what they mean or yep. what they should do. Here's one that came in, says the home inspection report turned up some split rafters in the attic. The home inspector recommended sistering the rafters to add support. What steps should I take to do this? So this is something that we've gotten, you know, questions for. I mean, why did they split? Who knows? Might be just a little bit of pressure on it. It might be that um, during the construction part, they overcut it just a little bit. How serious of a problem is that? Well, it can progress and it can weaken uh, the integrity of that part of your framing. So sistering, they're talking about here, is taking another, which is most likely a two by six, and applying it to the side of the board. So let's say you have a split that's about a couple feet long. Well, maybe you use a six foot 
two by six or two by eight that you attach to the side of it, I would recommend screwing it in place instead of nailing it because it's stronger and to tell you the truth, most of the time a lot easier. And put some construction adhesive too, of course. Put the construction adhesive on it for sure. Then you're good. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't have any problem with it. Not necessary to replace the entire board. If there was rot or termite damage or anything like that, that's a different story. But a split like that that's going with the grain of the wood, you can tighten it up by sistering that in. Now, here's another one, Joe, that you can handle. This is something we've dealt with before. The um, Part of the inspection report um, or this prospective buyer, the house has aluminum siding and the paint is starting to chip. So do I need to sand it or soda blast off the chipping paint or can we paint right over it? Well, Joe, you know, we can't paint over yeah, any peeling paint right. for sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it's uh, what it's applied to. Yeah, if, if paint, we often say if paint is is really securely adhered to a surface, any surface, including aluminum siding, you just need to clean it and paint over it. You might need to prime it if you're changing the color dramatically, but you, but you can leave it in place. But if it's chipped, yeah, or blistered or what they call alligatoring, yeah, you have to unfortunately remove all of that. And in this case, you're probably going to get down to the original aluminum siding color, whatever that is. So yeah, and when, you, when they mentioned soda blast off, that's actually baking soda it's like a sandblaster, but they use baking soda, and it's it's much less aggressive, so you're not going to damage the surface. That would be that would be a pretty severe tool to have to use in this case, mm-hmm. depending on how much is chipping. You know, if the whole house is chipping paint, then yeah, I guess you'll have to either use chemical strippers or try the soda blaster. Um, but regardless, yeah, you do have to remove it any blistered paint before applying new paint. One more question on that same house. So the house was built in the 1940s. There is not a vent fan in the bathroom. The bathroom's on an exterior wall. So should I vent up and out the side or should I just mount it on the wall? Yeah, you know, in, in the old days, they it used to be that if you had a bathroom, as long as you had a window, that's right. you would be yep. okay. You did not have to put any kind of ventilation in it. But, if someone opened the window. <laughs> yeah, if someone opened the window. But, you know, um, especially older houses with wood windows, you know, they'll swell when you when you have that humidity in a bathroom. You're not getting that window open. Or right. if you're taking a, you know, a shower and it's 21 degrees outside, you're not going to want that thing open. And same way with if it's 95 degrees. So yes, you should put the vent fan in and traditionally putting a vent fan on the ceiling and then routing it to the outside, whether it's through a sidewall or through the roof is the most conventional way of doing that. But um, I have seen a lot of them mounted on the wall and you can't get more direct than that. When you have that wall mounted with the little louver that comes with it on the outside to keep you know, insects out and also to, to weatherize and keep rain out and so forth, that when that fan comes on, then it opens those things and blows straight out. No venting, nothing else. That, without a doubt, is the most effective way of doing it. Some people just don't necessarily like the look of that fan on the wall. Yeah, I did that in our bathroom. And to tell you the truth, I'm not crazy about the look, but the day after I painted it, I never really I painted it. I installed it. I never really looked at it again. So <laughs> that was like two years ago, and I assume it's still there because I hear it go on when I flip it on. But, yeah, that that's the big advantage is you don't have to cut a hole in your roof. You don't have to try to snake a duck between rafters or anything like that. So I bought a, I think it's a Panasonic, and it took like a couple of minutes to install. 
and had an electrician wire it to the switch that was right there. So, yeah, that might be the simplest. As you said, the simplest way to go is just with a, a wall-mounted vent. All right. There's a lot of other ways to consider that. We talk a lot about ventilation, and uh, there's just so many situations that problems that occur in homes result because of excessive humidity. And, you know, Joe kids around with me how many times I say the word hygrometer on the show, but um, <laughs> I, I was you. I, I, I use my little um, hygrometer readout just the other day in um, testing some temperature here and there and the humidity. It's just a little bitty digital readout you can get right. it for eight or nine dollars. And but it takes all the guesswork out of is my air conditioning you know uh, lowering the humidity as much as it can. You can see at a glance if you have a problem with that. Hey, coming up, we're going in the aisles with our friend Danny Watson at the Home Depot. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, and we're about to go in the aisles with our friend Danny Watson. Danny, uh, Father's Day is right around the corner. I know that's a time of the year where it really gets busy around Home Depot, so a good idea for people to get out a little early to make sure they have uh, just exactly what's needed for their father. What about some suggestions? I know you always have a great list for us. Oh, yeah, and Father's Day is a popular time at Home Depot. We've got everything for Dad. But let's, let's look at tools. We've got a great deal on the Husky Mechanics tool set, 270 pieces, and that's a special buy right now at 99 bucks. And also, uh, let's look at outdoor uh, power tools. Every dad likes that. I mean, hopefully my family's listening. They'll buy me some. <laughs> but uh, let's look at that, um, the Ryobi 40-volt brushless whisper series, cordless uh, battery leaf blower. That's a great gift. Not just that. I think your neighbors are going to love it because it's 85% quieter than your regular uh, blowers. And of course, it comes with that five-year guarantee from RYOBI. And you, you know, that particular one I've used before, really well balanced. You know, you think about a heavier battery, maybe a little more fatigue that's involved, but it's really well balanced. I thought I was pretty impressed with the 40 volt uh, in a lot of the different RYOBI um, things. Of course, grilling. Of course, dad loves to grill for the most part. And uh, so what about some accessories for that? Or maybe it's time to upgrade that grill a little bit. That's right, and no, no matter if it's uh, you're looking at gas, you're looking at charcoal, we've got you covered. The next grill exclusive, barrel charcoal griller smoker is a great uh, a great one for dad. And if you want to upgrade it to a Traeger, I have a Traeger. I got to tell you, I love it. The Pro Series 22 pellet grill in bronze is a great choice, and you know it has the all natural hardwood pellets, and then the controller, the digital controller, which really takes all the guesswork out of it. I mean, you really never mess up. I almost feel like I'm cheating, but hey, it's the food's perfect every time. <laughs> there you go. No, no bragging at all on that one. But while you're at it with the grilling, um, cookware always good to uh, pick up a lot of uh, different um, accessories and so forth uh, for dad and his grilling. And of course, a lot of people might not be realize of, or might not realize that that's available at Home Depot as well. But one of the things that is growing and growing in our American home, as well as the aisles of Home Depot, all the different smart uh, devices and smart home tech, you got a lot of things like that, that that nerdy father may just absolutely love. That's right. And if you haven't picked up a Ring Battery Doorbell Plus, 
that's a that's really something I think is going to help the whole family and let you know when someone's there. Also, the Google Nest cam with floodlight. I've always been impressed with this because you're you're able to speak uh, out of it. It has a speaker system on it, and of course, it, it automatically uh, turns on and sends you an alert. Um, you know, and you can uh, speak to the people who are there. I think it's a, a, a pretty cool thing. Well, we've given a good list here, so no excuses. There's all of these things available, special pricing, as Danny Watson mentioned, and a lot of other things that you'll find. Once you start pushing that shopping cart around there, you'll see a few things that Dad will really need. And, you know, when you think about buying tools, uh, you know, some people go, well, why do you want to buy tools for your dad to make him work? Well, you're making the jobs he's going to do anyway a little bit easier. Danny Watson, thanks so much for being with us in the aisles of Home Depot, and I uh, hope you have a good Father's Day, Danny. Thank you, Danny. It's great to be back on. Well, the other reason you buy your father tools for Father's Day is because most fathers love tools. Don't worry about uh -huh. whether he already has one, as long as it's different enough. You know, like some, some people come up to my shop, Danny, and say, why do you have nine hammers? Well, <laughs> I didn't go out and buy nine hammers. I bought them one at a time, but I use them all. So, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. And, and if you've not been to the, that's one of my favorite aisles in Home Depot. The Home Depot I go to has two aisles that are just tools. Even if I'm not looking for tools, I love going down there because sometimes that's where I discover some new tools and accessories, by the way, whether it's sandpaper or, or plus the hand tools, but it's sandpaper and drill bits and all that. So, yeah, and you can't go wrong. Certainly, you know, with tools for as a Father's Day gift. And, and you know, I think of something that's kind of neat. You know, over the years, you do accumulate a lot of things. And, you know, you have, you know, 10 different screwdrivers from, you yep. know, they, they look different. And, uh, you know, some of the Phillips head bits are a little worn. Um, you know, he might just appreciate a brand new set of, um, you know, like, you know, 25 piece set of sure. screwdrivers and just, you know, some, some new hand tools, good quality tools uh, that you can find there at Home Depot. And, uh, you know, they might just want to have a nice matching set for a change or yeah. a second set of tools. You know, I have a set of tools for my wife here in the house, even right. though my my shop is not that far away. It's so convenient to, for her to have her own tools. And, you know, and of course, I use them a lot to help her own projects and everything. Yeah. And then I have my tools out there. That's another thing. If you have, you know, a second home or you have an RV, go ahead and buy a whole new set of tools uh, for your, um, your your father or whoever you're giving that to for Father's Day. And, and that also is a very effective gift. Yeah, that's so kind of Danny to buy his wife a set. Now, you want to tell him the real <laughs> You want to tell people the real reason you bought her own set coming. of tools? Because you kept coming. stealing Danny's tools and wouldn't put them back. That's I all. Said, it is my workshop. <laughs> it's my workshop. She goes, get I out. Told her not to give her the combination to the lock, but you did anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to today's homeowner radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Okay, Joe, we always look forward to your simple solution. What do you have for us this hour? All right, Danny, just before this uh, segment, you mentioned that we're going to wrap up the show with a simple solution, which was quite an appropriate word because this simple solution I call quick wrap tool grips. There are many hand tools that don't have comfortable hand grips, but they really should, especially wooden handled tools, hammers, axes, garden tools like shovels, that kind of thing. So here's a quick and a really affordable way to add comfort and non-slip grips to virtually any tool. And what you want to do is go to the pharmacy 
and buy a roll of, it's called self-adherent wrap. It looks like tape, but it's not. But it does stick to itself, and it's and it's very spongy. I guess it's designed, you wrap around your wrist if you sprain it or your ankle or something like that, or if you have to, sometimes if you strain or break a finger, you have to tape one finger to another to the neighboring finger, but instead of using tape, you can use this self-adherent wrap. So it's a rubbery, stretchy, gauze-like material, and what you want to do is just wrap it around the tool handle, and what you do is you overlap each revolution by maybe a half inch or so, Mm -hmm. so it extends all the way, and then you just cut it off, and like I said, it just sticks to itself, and within a few seconds, you have a nice, comfortable grip, and it's super affordable. I think they were like $4 for they were like 20 feet long or something like that. So uh, go to the pharmacy, check this out there. It's over by where they keep the band-aids mm-hmm. and the different um, like ACE bandages. Mm-hmm. Great. Great idea. Yeah. Anytime that you can improve that grip and make it a little more ergonomically uh, satisfying to you, yep. that kind of thing will k- keep down the fatigue that you'll have uh, that you, you know, when you're um, doing a, a lot of hammering or a lot of working on different things. Another great simple solution for my buddy, Joe Truini. Find out and see a whole lot more of them at todayshomeowner.com slash simple solutions. And also while you're there, go ahead and check out where you can see the Today's Homeowner television show in your area. We're all over the country. We're celebrating our 25th year on national television. We're on over 220 stations across the, the country. And on this week's show, it's a project we call a grow project and it's kind of unique it's not a sunroom it's not a greenhouse but it's a room that uh, we've set up that's a, a very relaxing room a great place to read a book a great place to um, you know have um, dinner and that is surrounded by plants in raised beds inside the house yes raised beds inside the house, but they're built in such a way that you're using containers and you have legs on them where it's easy to clean around. You don't have any moisture issues and so forth. We have some grow lights that we put in there. We even have a hanging chair that's kind of cool and also painting a vinyl floor. We've had a lot of questions about that. Can you do it? Well, you can see how we did it and it made a world of difference. So just go to todayshomeowner.com and find out where you can see the Today's Homeowner show in your area. I also want to remind you another section of the website uh, to find out about our big community service project that's going to wrap up our 25th season on uh, on the deck of the USS Alabama battleship. You'll have to go and check this out. Today's homeowner.com slash battleship and you can see how you can be involved in it whether by volunteering or donating or just tuning in when the show airs. But it's going to be an exciting project. A lot of surprises and look forward to putting that together very soon. There's just something that makes you so proud, Joe, when you're around something like that. There was yeah. an actual ship used in an actual yeah. war. Uh, boy, it's pretty significant. Yeah, especially with Memorial Day right around the corner, That's right. right? So That's right. Uh, we're honoring our veterans every way we can. And I'm sure the t- city of Mobile is very proud of Danny and all the work he and his crew are doing. So I look forward next time I'm in Mobile, I can swing in and see the newly furbished battleship. Absolutely. It's going to be a great, great time. And uh, stay tuned. You'll hear a lot more about it. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Today's Homeowner Radio Show for this week. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, our engineer Corey Wilson, and the whole Today's Homeowner family wishing you a fantastic weekend. Look forward to seeing you again next week here on Today's Homeowner Radio. Take care.